Amen. Shall we all stand for the reading of the word of the Lord tonight? I'm going to go to Luke chapter 5, and I will be reading verses 1 through 11. Thank you, media uh, team, for uh, loading it up on the streams for us. Verse number 1 says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gasseret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he should thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a drought. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. But nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their nets brake. Verse 7 says, And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. And when Simon saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which had been taken. And so it was also that James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon, and Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt be catch men. And when they had brought their nets to the land, they forsook all, and followed him. They forsook all and followed him. I want to talk to you from this thought tonight. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will. Brother Hodge, would you please pray over the word of the Lord for us tonight, please, sir. Yes, amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's give the Lord one more hand tonight. Can we do that? Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Nevertheless, if thy will, thy word I will. Have you ever had to do something you really didn't want to do? You ever did that before? Been asked to do something you really didn't want to do? Maybe it was something at home, like a shore, mowing the lawn, stacking the firewood, or just doing something that really wasn't, as the saying is, your cup of tea. Maybe it was something at work. Maybe it was some dirty little job that nobody else wanted but was placed in your lap. Even though you may not have wanted to do the job, you did it anyway. Why? Why did you do a job that you did not really want to do? Perhaps it was a sense of obligation. Perhaps it was a sense of duty. Perhaps it was just something you felt like you needed to do. Maybe you did the job out of respect for the person who asked you to do it, but whatever the reason or the job, we all had to do things that we thought were unpleasant at times. Care who you are. Every once in a while, some things are unpleasant. It's not something you really would like to do, but you go ahead and you do it. Even Jesus talked about these things in Matthew chapter 21, verse 28 through 30. And in our opening scriptures here, Simon Peter 
uh, is called upon to do something he really doesn't want to do. But however, because it was Jesus who asked him to, to do this thing, G Peter complied. So I want to look into this passage for a while of scriptures that I read to you while we are here tonight. I want us to look at the way we are living our lives today, all of us. We should ask ourselves some questions about our lives and how we're living today. Are we really pleasing Jesus? Am I really doing my will or God's will? Am I really pleasing to, look, pleasing to the Lord? I would like us to learn to develop the same mindset that Peter displayed. It is a mindset set that does what the Lord asks, regardless of how we feel about it on a personal level. That's exactly right. You remember the motto that Nike had in the 80s, just do it? How many remembers that? Just do it. I think that that's the kind of motto that we need to apply to our lives every day. Just do it, Lord. Whatever you want me to do, I may not feel like it, but I'm going to do it. Whatever you'd like me to do, I'm going to try to obey you, Lord. That was Nike's motto, and it would also be good for us today. So let's look into the passages as we think about this thought. Nevertheless, if thy word I will. There are a few elements of this story that I want to point out tonight to you. Verse number 5 says that Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night long, all night. We've been fishing and have taken nothing, but nevertheless at thy word I will. Other words, Lord, I'm going to trust you at your word. I've been fishing all night long. How many has felt like that? where you have worked night and day and you've, you haven't accomplished anything. You ever felt like that before? How many of you have worked where you've just worked your hide off, but it don't feel like you're, don't feel, doesn't feel like you're ever going to get a hand? doesn't feel like there's any uh, light at the end of the tunnel, but I want you to know there is. Too many times we doubt instead of trusting the Lord, and we must all learn to listen and obey God's voice. Uh even in the darkest hour, even when we don't see any positive signs, even, Brother Eric, when things don't look like anything's going to happen, we got to still trust the Lord, amen, because he's the one that knows how to work everything out. Too many Christians panic in the dark storms of life many times instead of turning it over to the one that can help. You can't do nothing about that. Like a black minister friend of mine said one time, he said he told somebody else, said, you can't do nothing about that, that situation. Anyhow, just give it to God. Quit trying to do it your way and do it God's way. See, this ain't Burger King. We can't have it our way sometimes. Amen? We got to do it God's way. Praise the Lord. And when we trust the Lord, he can work everything out. He's the only one that can work it out anyhow. How? So why did they fail from catching fish? Surely it wasn't that they did not know where to fish. These men were experts. Oh, yes, they were. They were professionals. Everybody say they were professionals. Professional fishermen. They knew exactly where to go like Bill Dance does. The great bass fishermen and some of the greats that you see on television. I guess I'd be a greenhorn because I don't <laughs> I'd probably do be on stuck hooks up all up in my hand and baits and everything else. 
I'd be a greenhorn. But you know what? These men were experts. They knew what baits to use. They knew what lures to use. They knew where to go. They knew if they weren't biting in one place that they might be biting in another place. They, they did this for a living. That's how they made their money to pay their bills. They did this for a living. But yet, they had fished all night long, not just some of the night, but all night long. They had not caught one fish, the Scripture says. Their failure had nothing to do, though, with how they were fishing or where they were fishing. Their failure came about because the Lord wanted to teach them a much-needed lesson. Amen. And let me tell you tonight, sometimes God wants to teach Billy Brown some lessons. He's got a way of clipping my wings, too. He's got a way of showing me that I need to make some changes. He's trying to teach me a lesson. If you'll be honest, he's trying to teach you some lessons about some things, too, in your life. So just trust the Lord. That lesson is this. Without him, we can accomplish nothing. And you better know that tonight. Without Jesus Christ in your life, you can accomplish zero, nothing. It's like John said, he must increase and I must decrease. Amen. He's got to be first, not second, not third, not fourth, not fifth. Quit putting him on the back burner. He wants to be first or nothing at all. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. We better all start putting the Lord first, and we all better start realizing without you, Lord, my home's not going to work. My family's not going to work. My health is not going to work. Nothing's going to work without you, God. But I'm going to trust you to help me to succeed and put you first in all things. Let's give Jesus a hand here on this Wednesday evening. Hallelujah. Praise God. He wanted to teach them a lesson. He's got a way of teaching us all lessons. Keep your eyes on me to provide for that spiritual and physical food that you need. Keep your eyes on me. Many times we get our eyes off of Jesus. Friends, this lesson is still needed by the Lord's people tonight. Many times our struggles, our failures in the church are the result of our own behalf. Instead of trusting God to do business his way, we're trying to do business our way. We get ahead of ourselves. We want to work out the way want it to work out the way we want it to work it out. But he is the one who should direct our steps in all things. It's like the psalmist said in Psalms 37, 23, for the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. He didn't stop there. He said that he delighteth in his way. See, he wants to order your steps so he can delight. Well, I, I ordered their steps, and they've obeyed me. Now there's a blessing coming because they have followed my leading. Your steps are ordered of the Lord, sir, ma'am. They have been ordered of the Lord. You see, the modern church has all the machinery in place to do church, and yet we are still losing ground to the devil and the world because we're trying to include things without God. Our government and other things has, has, uh, has not included God. We are guilty of not totally relying on God for everything. The problem is we want God for some things, but not everything. And God is depending on the church and God's people to get things done. 
Amen. Pastor Chance has a vision. He's got a great vision. It's pretty evident. God's blessed this church and his, his father before him and him and the other ministers that worked hard here. And you're a part of that. But Pastor Chance, he can't succeed without us, catch, the church family, catching that vision with him. It takes everybody catching a vision where there's no vision. The people perish. People are dying, going to hell unless somebody else uh, is catching a vision. That's where we got to totally depend on the Lord for all things, to supply our financial needs, to put food on the table, to take care of our family. God is depending on the church to get things done. Can he depend on you tonight? I believe there's a group of people here that he can depend on or you wouldn't be here. Our success or failure rests entirely on where Jesus stands in the picture. Amen. I'm going to tell you something tonight. There's a lot of people who have religion, but they don't have relationships. There's a lot of people that talks about God, but they, they're not serving the Lord, brother. They haven't given him their heart. Amen. You can talk about God all you want, but that don't mean you're, you're saved. You can also dress holy and look holy. That, that don't mean anything to God. The Pharisees did too. He's looking for a person that's got a good attitude, a good spirit, that really loves him, that is reaching for black folks, for white folks, for people of all different races, a per person that's just that's not a racist, a person that is fair and impartial, a person that loves everybody and accepts people the way they are and let God deal with their heart. Oh, can I get a witness tonight? I'm talking about a great God tonight that can use you. I'm talking a great God that's got a great God tonight that wants to use all of us if we'll just trust him. But we can do nothing without him. No, we can't. Our success, our failure rests entirely on where Jesus stands in the picture. Here's what we are told by Jesus in John 15 and 5. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Look at this. You ought to write this down if you've never read this before. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Much fruit. For without me, what? You can do nothing, and you better know it tonight. Without him, we can do nothing. I can't witness to nobody without him. I can't get up and go without him. I can't preach without him. I can't be a good person without him. I'm nothing without him, and you better know, honey, that without him, we can do nothing. He is divine, and we are the branches. But I like what Paul said in Philippians 4, 13, for I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, not just some things. I want you to know on this Wednesday evening, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. There's not a devil in hell that can stop you from being victorious. Do you hear me tonight? There's not a devil in hell that can stop you from doing exploits for God. There's not a devil in hell that can stop you from doing great things for God if you'll just believe that you can do it through Jesus Christ. Amen. Peter and his friends had a rough night on the waters of struggle. They had a morning, though, of surrender to Jesus. Think about it. Here they are. They've been fishing all night. Hadn't caught one, not one fish. They're getting ready to throw the towel in. Jesus walks up there. He, he doesn't ask them to, to throw the nets out. He's giving them a command to trust him to throw their nets out. There's a difference in making a suggestion and a command. And he commanded them to throw their nets out, and you shall find. 
But that morning, they had a morning of surrender because they trusted him. You too can have a morning of surrender if you trust him. The son, I like, my wife sings for me a lot uh, at the churches we pastor, and she sings the song. Y'all heard the song, The Sun's Gonna Come Up in the Morning, the old Pentecostal song. That's one of my favorites. Well, you better know the sun's going to come up in the morning. It's not going to stay down. But how you approach that sun is left up to you, how you approach that day. But the, the truth is they had to surrender and trust the Lord, and we too have to surrender all because if we do not surrender to him, we too are going to have some more rough nights ahead. You ain't going to catch anything. You're, that's the reason why so many marriages are shaky right now. That's the reason why so many people are hanging on by a thread. The last church I pastored, I told some of the folks there, I love you. I'll help you any way I can. But some of you, you're hanging on by a thread. And until you really sell out to God, you're going to continually struggle. You're going to continually just barely get by. You're going to continually have problems. You're going to have problems whether you're in church or out of the church. But it makes it a whole lot easier when you've got the Lord guiding you and you've got the Lord helping you and you've got the Lord saying, just thrust your net out and you shall find. I'm talking about a God tonight. Woo, that can do anything. Let's give Jesus a hand. I feel the Lord here on this Wednesday evening. Hallelujah. I feel the Lord here tonight. You can't do nothing without him. Life's a struggle without him. It's interesting that they fished all night long and had caught not so much as one single fish. They were tired. They were frustrated. They were discouraged and felt defeated. And the last thing any of them wants to do is go back out there and fish some more. <laughs> Brother Williams, <laughs> that's the last thing they wanted to do. But when Jesus tells Peter to do just that, he surrenders to the will of the Lord and goes out and fishes some more. I've seen an episode, reminds me, it just came to him, I've seen an episode of Andy Griffith. How many likes old Andy Griffith? <laughs> I've seen where uh, Andy Griffith at Barney, you know, he's always popping something up and they was telling Aunt B how good her pickles was, but they didn't really like them and she was making more batches and she was bringing them in there and he said, come on now. Barn, we gotta we gotta finish off these pickles because it's gonna it's gonna really hurt Aunt B's feelings if we don't. And they was grinning and eating them pickles. They didn't no more like them than anything. And sometimes we have to do that serving the Lord. I mean, it might not be something we like, something we might not really be a, a, our cup of tea, but we just gotta grin and, and like it and, and digest it and just trust the Lord anyhow. And that's what the disciples did. They didn't want to go back out there. That's the last thing they wanted to do. We'll go back out there and fish anymore. But because of who Jesus was, and they done seen this man's power and authority, and because he asked them to throw their nets out, that's exactly what they did. It reminds me where the Scripture says that obedience is better than sacrifice. Some things are just the right thing to do. Just trust the Lord. And when they let down their nets this time, they caught so many fish that their nets began to break, and they had to call on their partners next to them to help get the catch loaded into the boats. They needed help. Amen. They had buddies helping them. Don't you know that impacted them too to wonder in the world what kind of man is this that, that gives out a command and they do it and here we are and all they're filling their boats up. We're getting some of that blessing too. 
See, that's the thing about it. When you obey the Lord, your brother in the boat next to you, he, he can be Baptist, Methodist, it don't matter what denominal tag he, he says he is, he can get a blessing from you too because you obey God. That's the kind of God that we serve tonight. That's the kind of God that wants to help us tonight. That's the kind of God that wants to pour out blessings to everybody, whosoever will, let them come and drink freely of this water of life. Hallelujah. Brother James, God is, he's got his hand on you, sir, and you've got a praise in your voice. Don't ever lose it because you've been one of those ones like Peter, most likely like me, that didn't want to go back out and trust the Lord, but you trusted God and you wouldn't be here tonight. Amen? When you trust the Lord, he can do so many things. Yes, he can. So what made the difference? I can tell you what made the difference. Their obedience to Jesus. Even when Peter did not want to go do what the Lord asked him to do, he did it anyhow. My friends, there are times when the Lord asks us to do certain things that we may not want to do, but however, we must come to the same place that Peter came that day. Just do it. Whatever the Lord wants you to do, just do it. I've done in my past, before I started pastoring, I've done in my past, I've, I've done mowing, I've done landscaping jobs, I've helped clean toilets, I've ran, I worked in outreach, running vans, went and sows the Lord, street ministries, so many different, wore so many different hats, but all of those different things help make me a better person. They'll help you too. Find your place. Everybody's got a place in the kingdom of God. And we, we must decide regardless of how we feel about a certain matter because if the Lord has commanded it, commanded it, then he will do it. We would do it, Amen. Some people say, well, if your heart isn't in it, then you might as well not do it. Well, that's the wrong thinking. It really is. Sometimes some things we do are just the right things to do because it's just right, the right thing to do. God will reward our obedience. And if we will go ahead and do what he has told us to do, he will, he will honor that. When we obey in spite of our objections, the heart will eventually follow our lead. Do you believe that? Your heart will eventually follow your lead, the Lord's lead, because you just walked out on faith and you trusted God. Ideally, ideally we should serve the Lord from the heart. Ephesians 6 and 6 tells us that. But however, when the heart will not cooperate, we should mind God anyway. We should mind his word anyway. We should mind him because of who he is, his superiority, because he's done so much for us already. We just do some things for him because we know who he is. Just imagine what, have ha what would have happened had David minded God instead of uh, listening to his heart against a Goliath in 2 Samuel. Amen? David just trusted God. He minded what he listened to God, and his spirit showed him that somebody needed to face the Goliath. It was just the right thing to do. There's also many areas of our lives where the Lord re requires obedience from his children. Obedience is better than sacrifice. That's one of the biggest things that gets us all in trouble. Many times we just don't want to obey. Children do that a lot of times. Often we do not want to surrender in these areas. But if we are going to be right with the Lord, then we have to do what Peter did and let our nets down. Oh, yes, indeed. 
If a blessing's going to come your way, you're going to have to let your net down. If you're going to be used winning a soul, you're going to have to let your net down. There's been many times over the years, I've won quite a few people to the Lord over the years by uh, walking out on faith in the Holy Ghost. God would lead me to somebody and tell them in the Holy Ghost what I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell them. I didn't know that person from Adam's apple. Not everybody has that gift. Not everybody uh, can do that. But that's just a gift that God has given me over the years. I won a lady one time. At Burger King, the place was packed. So a lot of people was in there. And I was, had been fasting for two or three days. That's about as much as I could go uh, in fasting, two or three days. And I was getting ready to, to bite on that Whopper burger there. And I looked over there and saw this lady. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, go over there and tell her uh, that I love her and tell her she's looking for peace in the wrong places and she needs direction for her life. And I thought to myself, Lord, who me? This place is packed. You want me to go up here and talk to this lady? But sure enough, I obeyed the Lord. And I went up and I said, ma'am, I don't know you. It just kind of came out of my mouth. I said, but God told me to tell you he loves you. He wants to give you direction. He wants to give you peace. And she looked at her son. She said, what did I tell you on the way over here, son? She started crying right there in Burger King. She said, Brother Brown, I told my son on the way over here, we've been going to another church it's just dead in a hammer. We don't feel anything. And I told him, if this is what religion's about, I don't want any more of that. And I said, well, ma'am, God sent me here to talk to you. I've been fasting for two days. And we wind up praying that Lord, that lady through to the Holy Ghost, baptizing her in the name of Jesus. And God forever turned her life around. But had I not been willing to listen to that small, still voice and obey God, she might not have ever known about Pentecost. And she's not the only one. There's a lot of other people out here that's just looking for you when God speaks to you to tell them something good. Do you hear me tonight? I'm talking about God wants to use you to tell somebody something. Rather he, rather it's getting on the phone calling somebody and encourage them. Rather it's getting uh, giving them a handshake with a warm smile. Rather it's God's telling you to go to Burger King or wherever it's at. Don't uh, doubt the voice of God, but be willing like Peter did to throw that net out and say, Lord, I'm going to have a catch. I'm going to have a catch. I'm going to bring some fruit with this. I know you're going to be in control and you're going to help me tonight. Amen. It doesn't matter what it is in life. Witnessing, making decisions, financial decisions, building families, we better make sure we're listening to the voice of God. There's only two different voices. Really, it's two or three. There's a voice of God that builds up, and there's a voice of Satan that tears down. And then Satan will use other people around you, and you better be able to, be able to discern right from wrong. So we must all surrender our rotten spirits to God. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, and none of us, none of us, zero of us, will ever be able to use by God until we get our attitudes under subjection, till we get our tongues under subjection, till we get our fault finding under subjection, until we get our judgmental ways out of the way. Do you hear me tonight? 
I'm talking about getting close to God. Amen. Drawn out of God, he would draw out of thee. And when we start getting closer to the Lord, he can use every one of us. But we must be willing to surrender. And let's all be honest. On this Wednesday evening, we all got some things we need to surrender. Sister Amy, oh, yes, we do. Maybe it's our attitude. Maybe it's a bad thought we had. Maybe it's something we shouldn't have did or something we shouldn't have said. But we got to bring every, uh, 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 every spirit into captivity, every imagination. It's got to be captivated by God so God can take over our mind and our body and use us the way that he wants to use us. How many knows that's what the Lord wants us to do? Not my will, but thine will be done tonight, O God. Must surrender to the Lord. I want to talk to you about an attitude of surrender we got to have in some scriptures. You've got to have an attitude of surrender toward God or your life will spin out of control aimlessly. That's the reason, like I said earlier, why so many lives is messed up. People don't want to submit to God. They want to submit to their pleasures and their way. James 4 and 7, submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. But the key, if you want the devil to flee, is you got to submit to God. There's too many people that is holding hands with the devil and they want the Lord to make the devil flee, but he ain't going to flee as long as you're playing cards with the devil and holding hands with him. You got to be willing to resist the devil. That means you're going to have to give up some things. I'm going to give up. A friend, a friend of mine said he had a lady one time that, gambled all the time and always wanting the church to pay your bills said I need help he said yes sir yes ma'am we, we're going to help you alright but I want to help you if you got to be willing to help yourself you got to say no to that you need some deliverance on that we can't pay any more bills for you we've done it a few times but hey, amen you're holding hands with the devil submit yourself to God resist the devil and he will flee from you once you submit to God Amen. We must also submit toward the church. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't like to hear. A lot of people want to do things their way. Well, they'll talk about God. They'll talk about church. But their hearts is far from going to church serving God. It's sad, but it's true. But you find in the scriptures, like I told a man a while back, sir, you find in the scriptures throughout the Old and the New Testament books where God's people was always in church. They built a, they had a tabernacle in the wilderness, right? They had priests back then. Even in the New Testament, Jesus and his disciples spent their entire lives building, starting churches and putting pastors in there. Hebrews 10, 25 tells it very well. Forsaking and not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. How many knows we can see the day approaching that Jesus Christ is about to come back? Hello? He's about to split the eastern sky. And you ain't going to be able to blame it on the Democrats or Republicans or the White House or, or anybody. You're, God, is he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna judge you according to your works, according to how faithful you were to him and how you gave your heart to him, forsaking not the assembly of ourselves together. That's the reason why we need more church than we've ever had before. 
We need more preaching than we've ever had before to save our highs. Do you hear me tonight? We need more God than we've ever had before. We need more of everything. The church is what's going to save us. The church is what's going to get us out of here. Amen. It wasn't pleasant on that old uh, 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 ark that Noah built. Don't you know it got nasty on there sometimes? They was probably edgy at each other's. But guess what? That was a great place to be when the flood came and the flood's fixing to come back on this old world. And we better make sure that we've made our calling and our election sure. Do you hear me tonight? We better make sure we're right with the maker. We better make sure, amen, that we're in that ark. If we're not in that ark, we won't ever get out of here. You better know God and church is important. You better know it's important. Surrender everything toward God, toward Jesus, toward the church, toward the Bible. James 1.22 says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving your own selves. So many people are deceiving them own selves because they're, they're hearing the word, but they're not doers of the word. God spoke to me years ago. First church I pastored, and God spoke to me plain as day and said, There's people right now burning in hell that once heard the word of the Lord. They once tasted of this heavenly gift. They heard the word, but they're not doers of the word. You can hear the word here, and you can leave here the same way you came in if you want to. But when you become a doer of the word, you will act upon the word of the Lord. You don't care if it's Pastor Chance behind this pulpit or Brother Eric or uh, Brother Jason, don't care who it is, or a, a, a woman of God, you don't care who it is. Uh, you take that word that they bring to you, and you take every bit of it to heart, and you say, and you'll say, Lord, God, I want to be saved. I take that person serious. I take this person serious. I just want to hear the word of the Lord, and I want to act upon the word of the Lord. Amen. I want to surrender to God's word. Amen. I want to surrender. If the word tells me I don't need to be drinking, I shouldn't be drinking. If the word tells me I don't need to be cussing, I shouldn't be cussing. If the word tells me I need to do more than I've been doing before, then I need to do it. Uh, we also need an attitude of surrender toward one another. You need me and I need you. Oh, yes, you do. You can't make it by yourself. No man's an island. I can't make it by myself. Galatians 6 and 2 tells us, Bear ye one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. That's God's law. That we bear one another's burdens. I have burdens I need you to help me bear. You have burdens that you need others to help you bear. We bear, we're as brothers and sisters in the Christ. We are to bear one another's burdens. Let me tell you something in God's kingdom. There is not a, there's not to be any big eyes and little U's. There's not to be a click system. Nobody's better. Let's get this straight. Nobody's better than nobody. Come on now. We are all in need of God, and we all need one another, and we all need to bear one another's burdens. And I believe here at Christian Life that we got some people here that are bearing one another's burdens that are saying, your problem is my problem. My problem is your problem. We are to love. We're our team. We're working together. We're all on the same team. Oh, we're all on the same team. We're all, we all on the same team. We got the same captain. We got the same pastor. Let's work together. Let's get together. Let's love one another. Let's do what God's called us to do. Hallelujah. Woo, let's give Jesus another hand on this Wednesday evening. I feel Jesus here tonight. We are also to be given 
uh, our surrender of our giving of our time, our talents, our first fruits, all of that to God. I, uh, I'm a firm believer. Uh, I've pastored 21 years. And I've told the people that I pastor, I'm a firm believer that everybody that comes to the doors of the church has some kind of God-given gift or talent. We might not all have the same gift or talent, but everybody's got some kind of gift or talent. Let me give you an example. First church I pastored, we had a lady that was paralyzed from her waist down in a wheelchair that loved God, and she couldn't do a lot of things that some of the rest of us was doing. But let me tell you, she baked me some of the tastiest rolls that you ever tasted. She was an old cafe, uh, a cafe worker uh, and cooking in there in a the cafe and all that. And she cooked some of the biggest rolls you've ever tasted. And that wheelchair was not stopping her from going in her community, passing out tracts to people in her community, inviting her them to her church. It didn't stop her. She said, I feel like that's my gift or talent. One person may have given a gift or talent of teaching Bible studies. Another one might have a gift or talent of making a phone call, encouraging somebody. One may have a gift or talent of shaking hands. One may have a gift or talent of working with the youth. Amen. But all these different gifts, the diverse of gifts, diversity of gifts come together for the edifying of the body of Christ. And when they do, great things can happen. Amen. We all give to the Lord because it's the right thing to do. And we want to get involved. We want to find our place. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. Seven tells us for every person as he is has purposed in his heart for God love a cheerful giver not grudgingly not of necessity but he does it because he's a cheerful giver not just money but what our times and our talents if you love God you are going to surrender to God and you're going to give back to God and you're going to find your place in God amen I can also tell you there's a whole lot more we need to surrender God's will. And if we would do that, I promise there will be great things that what can happen you can't even imagine. Oh, yes, indeed. God asked Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones, believest thou that these bones can live? He said, if so, just speak the word. My friend, there's power in the word of God. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. The word was spoke in the beginning, John 1 and 1 tells us. The word is what raised Lazarus from a stinking grave when his sisters thought that Jesus was taking his time and didn't know what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. But the word Jesus spoke over Lazarus' grave is what raised him up. The word is what healed Jairus' daughter when Jesus never even had to go under his roof. Uh, Jairus said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to even come and, and walk under my roof. Just speak the word. And that's faith right there. And the word, the mere word of God is what happened that day when Peter let down the nets and, and broke. The nets begin to break, and those great multitude of fish begin to fill up in there. It is the word of God that encourages you. Or will you rebel against what God is saying in his word? It's a personal choice for all of us tonight. Peter found out what the blessings of God was all about when he obeyed the word of God. And you will also find out what the blessings of God will be in your life when you submit to God and you listen to him. These fishermen, listen to Brother Billy tonight, these fishermen were forever changed that day. 
uh, that morning and that rest of that day, their lives was forever changed. Why? Because they realized that the Word of God was true. And they realized that when you trust God and you lean on His Word, amen, that good things are going to happen. And the last scripture that I read to you was in number 11. It says, and they left everything behind and they followed Jesus and their, for their tomorrows and would be different because of their encounter uh, that day with Jesus. See, that's the thing. God wants to use all of our lives today. He wants us to tell somebody else about him. Our lives will be forever changed. Amen. Maybe you're going through that trial so he wants you to follow him. Maybe you're going through that storm because he wants you to have a closer walk with him tonight. Maybe he's allowing you to go through something because he wants you to totally surrender to him. I don't know what the case may be, but I do know one thing. We must all be willing to surrender to God. We must all be willing to trust him. We must all be willing to listen to his voice. Whatever comes, Lord, that's what I want you to do. And when they submitted to him, he revealed to them a lot of their tomorrows that was going to be different because of their obedience to him today. Oh, listen to me. Your tomorrow can be different because of your obedience to him today. That's the reason why we're not promised tomorrow. The Bible tells us many people are looking at tomorrow instead of today. We're not promised tomorrow. If I had a dollar bill for every person that has left this world, and you too, many of you have seen this, that you would have thought were a picture of hell that was going to be around a lot longer, and they left the next day, I'd be a rich man. I lost fam four family members. You never could tell me my baby brother that was four years younger than me was going to pass before me, but he did. Colon cancer ate him up. We never know, folks. Don't put off today what, what God wants to do for you so you can be blessed today and tomorrow. This is a lesson we need to learn today. The secret to perpetual and deep satisfaction as a child of God is found in absolute surrender to the will of the Lord. And as long as we hold anything back from the Lord, we can't expect him to do anything for us. So if you would like to see all of your tomorrows altered and your life filled with the best thing that God can give, then the secret lies in total surrender to everything in your life. Me and my wife, we pastored 21 years, and we, we went to places that some people probably wouldn't go to, but we just totally trusted the Lord to provide, and he did. When the Lord told Peter to let down his net, he didn't want to, but however he did what the Lord said to do, he wanted him to do in spite of his own wants and wishes. And the results were far better than he could ever imagine. Will you let down your net tonight? Or are you going to keep holding it back from the Lord? I'm going to tell you something tonight. Many times we are fishing you ever thought about this? Maybe Peter had been fishing on the wrong side of the ship. Many times we too fish on the wrong side of the ships instead of the right side. My friends, the same blessings wait for you if you'll do what Peter did. Jesus has spoken in his word. Now I will ask you, will you let down your nets? He's calling someone to be saved. He's calling someone to have a closer prayer life. He's calling someone to be a greater witness. He's calling someone to get totally involved and to sell out to him. That's another thing. We must be all willing to be selling, to sell out to God. 
You may not like what the Lord is calling you to do today, but you will if you will join Peter and say, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. No one can make you let that net down. You must be willing to let that net down. Amen. When you're willing to let that net down, then God can really, really, really bless. The whole purpose Jesus was teaching them as us in verse number 11 was to forsake all of the distractions and follow him in the way. This world's full of distractions, folks. Oh, yes, it is. He doesn't want us to go back to the world. He doesn't want us to live our lives aimlessly. He doesn't want us to be beaten up. Take God at his word. It's been magnified. The Bible tells us in Psalms his word's been magnified above his name. God does not go back on his word. He doesn't lie. He don't, he don't have to repent. He doesn't, he doesn't lie. He doesn't make any mistakes. But you need to realize you can't make it without the word of God in your life. Heaven and earth will pass away, but Jesus said my word will never pass away. Jesus also said in Matthew 4 and 4, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Not just some of the word, but every bit of the word. So we need to start eating and digesting the word of God. There's a lot of things we don't like to eat, but it's, it helps us. It's healthy for us. And you might not like some of the things you see in the word of the Lord, but if you were digested and eaten it, you will see some great miracles happen in your life. You will see some greater things are yet to come. I'm talking to some people here on this Wednesday evening. God told me to tell you that the greater things are yet to come in your life if you will trust him, if you will believe him, if you will just listen to his voice and obey his word. I'm going to tell you what his word would do. It will warn you about danger that's up ahead. It will show you when you need to make a decision decision, right or wrong, you can trust him because his word is so powerful and he helped you, help you through every storm in every situation when you lean on God and his word. You don't have to listen to Brother Billy, but you listen to the word of the Lord. We can see the word of God working in our lives when we listen. Trust the Lord. Lazarus came forward even like I mentioned earlier, when his own sisters were doubtful. And they said, Lord, had you been here, our brother would be alive. Jesus took his time. Go read the story. Go in there. And Jesus said in closing, in John 11 and 40, he said, did I not say unto thee that if, if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Amen. Did I not already tell you I knew what I was doing? Did I not already tell you that I'm in control? Have you not already seen me raise the dead before? Have you not seen me feed and open the blinded eyes? Have you not seen me take care of so many people? Do you not remember? And I think that's what the Lord's asking us tonight. Do you believe? If you believe, you too shall see the glory of God. How many wants to see the glory of God in their lives? Amen. God wants to help you to see his glory tonight. And I believe there's some people here that's made up their mind. We too can see the glory of God when we do what the word of God tells us.
When the Word tells us we need to pray, then we should pray. When the Word tells us to read our Bibles more, we need to read it. When the Word says, get out of that easy chair, go to church, then you need to do it. When the Word says, live for me, live for me. When the Word says, say no to the world and a whole lot more, when we do what God's Word tells us to do, we too can reap the benefits like Peter did. Amen.